Welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I am a licensed clinical mental health therapist and also a licensed clinical addiction specialist. But I have also been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing, but when we finally awaken from the trance that is so easy to fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe and live and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. And I want to help people get there by healing from the dependency, the codependency, the trauma bonding, and the abuse. The healing process brings us through those long-standing false perceptions that held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. Do you ever find yourself like wanting to leave a relationship because you think it might be toxic, but then you're not really sure? And you're like, wait a minute, it doesn't, it, it seems toxic, but maybe it's just me and I can't really tell. And if I leave, am I going to regret this? How do you tell if you're in a toxic relationship? When we end up in a toxic relationship and we're in it, we've gone through the love bombing stage. Sometimes it can be difficult to determine if you're actually in a toxic relationship. There's a protective part of our brain that helps us to keep from seeing the reality of the situation. It thinks that the situation is too difficult for us and it's too painful, so it protects us from it by distorting some of this information or twisting some of the information into seeming like it might be our fault or helping us forget some of the things that actually happened or the way that we were actually treated. Um, so it it's really difficult when you're trying to leave because so much of what's going on is your brain is saying, wait a second, maybe it's me. Maybe if I just explain this a little bit better, um, then he'll understand and then everything will be fixed. Or wait, maybe if I did just act a little bit different, then maybe um, things could change. Maybe I was the one that really did upset him that much, him or her, but it could really be any gender. Um, so what helps is keeping a journal or a diary or a notebook of dates and events right at the time that it happens. When it happens, write it down. And then over time, you can go back and look through these and you're going to start to see a pattern. Because our brain tends to overwrite some of these memories, like I said, with the cognitive dissonance or justify some of the behaviors. And then we forget. And then we question ourselves. And so they also act intermittently terrible at times and sometimes not so terrible. Sometimes they go back and give you a glimpse, just a glimpse of what seems nice. It's actually not that nice, but it's the absence of the horrible behavior that you've seen before. So now our brains are perceiving that as nice. Their behavior and their treatment of others is also very inconsistent. So our perception of them is inconsistent. And that leaves us sometimes questioning ourselves and our own behaviors and our feelings and our own intentions. And this is where we get stuck right here. The inconsistency of the positive and the negative behaviors and the emotional perceptions result in our compliance. This is um, 
this is actually a behavioral training technique for animals is the inconsistency, but that's intentional. I'm not sure if it's intentional with them or not, but that's what we end up with. So we turn ourselves over to the care and the influence of the one that is actually manipulating us. And we start to believe or feel like our own worth depends on their validation of us. And that's dangerous because at that point, we're no longer dependent or attached to our higher self or our wiser self. We've turned it all over. And so all of these things combined contribute to a very powerful trauma bond. And so when we get ready to leave this toxic and damaging relationship, a number of things happen. The protective part of the brain distorts, justifies, or forgets those painful moments caused by those manipulative behaviors. And in addition to that, an addiction has formed in the brain and the body because that oxytocin cycle, it gets depleted and other chemicals that have flooded the body and then used up. And then each time the manipulator shows any attention or affection, affection's a pretty strong word at that point, but any attention at all, then we get a little dose of oxytocin. It's never what it was to begin with, but that is how addiction works. So how do you recognize, how do you pull away from this and recognize the signs that you are indeed with a toxic person. Well, first of all, don't forget the four underlying pillars behind the manipulative behavior. What is it that they want ultimately? And in all cases, they want power, control, admiration, and attention. And you can usually find the intention behind their behaviors is to serve one of those needs but they do it in very tricky ways. Some of them are very overt, some of them are very covert. So I'm gonna give you a whole list of things to look for. And it doesn't have to be all of these things to mean that you're in a toxic relationship. Some of these things mean that you're in a toxic relationship, but these are just a number of different ways that they show up. One, when you're in an argument, they try to inflict damage rather than problem solve. Pay attention to your arguments. Are they trying to find a resolution? Are they trying to compromise so that what works out best for both parties, for all involved, is gonna be the best possible solution? Two, they treat everything like an attack. They constantly feel attacked. They are on the defense, and that could be, again, subtle or not so subtle but kind of notice how they seem to be receiving information. Three, you feel like you have to choose your words carefully. If you start noticing that you're very cautiously trying to figure out how to say something to avoid hurting them or to avoid a negative consequence, that's a big red flag. Four, they make you feel like you're the problem and that everything is your fault. And um, just a little cautionary note here, over time you're going to begin to believe this, which is another thing that contributes to that cognitive dissonance and um, ultimate trauma bonding. Five, they will show you the most, if you can call it this, love when you are at your lowest. They want you at your lowest. Their goal is to get you dependent on them. Six, they are uncomfortable with your success or any successes or any accomplishments. Um, they are going to feel threatened by that. 
and you'll notice that and that might be again very subtle because they might say through gritted teeth oh congratulations you did great but you'll have a feeling about their discomfort with your success seven they are also uncomfortable with your independence anything that you do independently of them any opinion that you have anywhere that you want to go any friends that you might have anything that is independent and shows or represents that you are a separate person from them they will be uncomfortable with that eight they present separate personas or they seem fake sometimes they act differently in front of different people and or in different situations. And you're gonna notice this because it's gonna look very irritating. Number nine, they are not loyal. And you might not recognize this right away. You might not see it from the first person because you don't always catch them. But pay attention to how they talk about other people and especially other people that you thought they were friends with or that they had some loyalty to. You're gonna notice a lack of loyalty. 10, they cannot take responsibility for their mistakes. You're going to get denial. You're going to get justifications. You're going to get excuses or reasons or even outright lies or they'll twist the situation around, but you're not going to hear any actual responsibility for the mistakes that they made. 11, you're going to hear a constant stream of advice from them about things that they might not even be experts on and that you might truly know more about than they do, but they're gonna come in and act like the expert or act like they know more. 12, they definitely have a lack of introspection. They cannot look at themselves. They cannot, they do not have that self-observing eye in order to, to self-correct any mistakes that they make. They just can't see it, it's not there. 13, they are focused on your obligations. Not theirs, but yours, what you are obligated to. You're going to have an overwhelming sense of obligation. 14, they tend to put people in categories or in boxes or they label them and they determine who deserves their attention and they also determine whose attention they want. And a lot of times it has to do with status or connections with other people or maybe it has something to do with money, but something that they can gain from them or something that they admire. 15, they have a fixation with fantasies or grandiose ideas. You'll see a lot of things that they think that they're gonna do, a lot of grandiose business ideas maybe, or a lot of plans, um, could be any kind of plans, travel plans, or um, maybe they have fantasies about themselves and their strength or their intellect or something that they're a little they're overemphasizing or they're over exaggerating and um, it's not in line with reality 16 they have a club mentality so they want to be associated with like beautiful people or powerful people like it kind of goes back to putting people in categories it's like they want to belong to a club and they want to have inclusive people and they want to be exclusive. It makes them feel better about themselves. 17, they are not tender and they are not vulnerable. You will not see actual vulnerability from them. They might fake that in the beginning by disclosing very personal information or might, they might have even exaggerated like, for example, childhood trauma 
but they're not telling you anything that you could actually really use against them. And they're also very selective about what they tell you because they're trying to paint a picture of themselves. They want to make themselves appear vulnerable. They want to make themselves appear like they're giving you this information because at the same time, they're also trying to extract information from you. Number 18, there's going to be a lot of lies, a lot of secrets, and a lot of distortions of the truth. This isn't something that's going to jump out at you because they're pretty good at it and you won't see it right away. Number 19, they're going to make threats. The threats will be there. They'll either be overt, outright obvious threats, or they're going to be covert, but you will sense them. And covert threats are harder to detect, but you can tell if it's a threat because you know that there's going to be a negative consequence because of something that you did that may have either represented independence or it didn't please them or in some way you'll feel it. You'll feel like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Pay attention to that because that could be a covert threat. Number 20, there's going to be extremes in financial management because that has something to do with power and control and also admiration and attention. So money's a big one. They'll either try to take full responsibility, full financial responsibility, leaving you out, also leaving you vulnerable, but so that you don't have the access to maybe like the bank accounts, you don't know how much money is coming in or how much money is being spent. You can't track their behavior if you don't know that. And the other extreme is that they take no responsibility for the money at all, leaving you to manage it. And it doesn't mean that there's that they're not going to spend it, but they just don't take responsibility for it. 21, they are very easily angered. You'll notice that they get more angry quicker and more easily than you might or that other people would. Number 22, um, no empathy. They're very dismissive of your feelings. Sometimes they act like they care about your feelings, but most of the time they don't even bother to act like they care about your feelings. And in fact, your feelings are a burden or a bother to them and that, and they see that as a weakness. Number 23, there's a lot of black and white thinking. It's all one way or all the other. It's, it's extreme. It's like, there's no gray. There's no middle ground with their thinking. It's either this or it's that. And that goes back to that compartmentalizing. It's easier for them to put things into categories. And number 24, they're going to steal compliments. They're going to try to steal the limelight. If you did anything, they're going to act like it was their idea. And this is going to happen over and over again in a lot of different ways. Or they might take your idea or something that you said, and then in a few weeks, turn it around and act like they came up with it. That, that's stealing the limelight. Number 25, there's going to be constant irritability. You're going to feel like you're walking on eggshells most of the time. You never know what you're going to say, if that's going to set them off. Um, so that's a pretty obvious one. Number 26, there's hypocrisy. There's always going to be double standards. What, what may apply to them doesn't apply to you and vice versa. Number 27, they are unable to feel love or connection. And you'll see this in the fact that they have no patience or no tolerance or no understanding or more importantly, no authenticity. You're never really going to hear them express their truest self and therefore they're never going to be able to make a true connection. And that goes back to the vulnerability. They can't be vulnerable. And if you can't be vulnerable, how can you connect with somebody? If you can't be your truest authentic self, there is no way 
to make a true connection. Number 28, they ignore boundaries, all boundaries, both physical and psychological and emotional. Um, they feel entitled to all of your property. They feel, they feel entitled to all of your thoughts, all of your actions. They, um, they also barge in through doors, even, the, even though they're shut. They might not all do this, but they might do this at first. Um, but just pay attention because they will ignore boundaries. Number 29, there is a constant stream of control and monitoring. They know where you are at all times. They might even go through your phone or your journals. They might listen to your phone calls, but you can believe that they are keeping tabs on you. And number 30, they keep a scorecard. You're going to hear things brought up from your past. They will never go away because it is permanently on their scorecard. Whenever they need a defense, they will pull that out and say, yeah, but what about the time that you did this? Or they'll pull it out randomly just to keep you under control. Sometimes they just try to discredit you by um, comparing something that you said in the past with something that you might say now, even if it's actually along the same lines. They're going to use your past against you and they're gonna keep a scorecard of everything you said and did. So if you're at the point in your relationship where you're wondering if you should stay or you should leave or if you're feeling stuck and you're not really sure if it's you or you're just kind of questioning like, well, maybe if I just did this or did things differently or, or anything like that, if you're starting to question this and you're going, wonder, I wonder if this person is actually toxic. Do they actually mean to be manipulative and controlling? Just think about these signs. These are not all of the signs, but they're, a, um, but they're good indicators. And if you see these indicators, if you notice these things, do some more research, dig in a little bit more, educate yourself on the manipulative behaviors of toxic people. Get yourself safe and don't let anybody steal your energy. When you, start, when you start noticing that your energy is depleting or dropping when you're around them, take action. Nobody deserves to be controlled and manipulated. Nobody deserves to be disconnected from their truest self for the service and pleasure of others. You cannot change the relationship by doing all the work yourself. That's not going to happen. So know what the signs are and know when it's time to start thinking about leaving, about being free, about getting back to your truest self. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. It is important to give yourself the self-compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or if you want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.